0: Take your lips. Oh, man, so good to be here. And uh, I appreciate you guys thinking about your friends and texting them while I'm preaching. Um, so thank you, President, for encouraging kids to do that. Um, <clears throat> i tell you what, I would have never... When I was at North Central, this is years ago, 90, fall of 93, I came to North Central and was here through the fall of 97. I know I don't look that old, but I am. Um, um, but it, I would have never... Dream that I would be standing on this stage. I've been here one other time since then. Um, and I don't think at the time the school would have dreamed that I would have ever been on this stage preaching to you uh, with the way things were going at that point and some things. But uh, it's such a privilege to be here. My wife is here with us. Des, you want to stand in? Yes, she, she's not that short. She just didn't stand up all the way. Um, but uh, it is so good to be here. I uh, I came out of North Central, and you know, you know, it doesn't go very well when you you know somebody calls you for an interview. And I had like two calls, is all I had coming out of North Central. In the first place, I they called. I drove down. Um, I won't name the state, but it's directly south of us, and went to an, it was a pretty big church. And uh, some of you don't know where that is. You're like, oh, where in the world is that? But uh, went to the went to the interview. I thought it went pretty well. They said, we'll call you next week. Well, I waited 10 years. (laughs) Finally, 10 years they called me. Luckily, I hadn't just sat around waiting. I had gone to another church, and after about 10 years, they called and asked me if I wanted to come be their youth pastor. I said, "Uh, you know, if you maybe would have called like the week later, I might have thought about it. But, uh, you know, it's not, you know, I wasn't um, super wanted coming out of North Central by any any girls (laughs) or... (laughs) or by any churches. And so, uh, luckily I was able to find somebody that would take me and uh, a church that would take me. But I've been, uh, I was pastoring in, in Cold Spring, Minnesota, which is a small town. You got a few Cold Spring people here. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I pastored there for about 19 years as a youth pastor town. When I went there, it was about 3,000 people. And, uh, that was probably the one place that really wanted me. And it was fun to see what God would do. And, uh, just so cool to be here. Uh, in the last in in June, I took over as a district youth director. Which, if you know me at all, I probably should not be in this position um, from the way uh, from my life. But it's so just honored to be here. And this morning, I just want to talk to you just for a few minutes. I was I was just I was going through some stuff um, and uh, was just looking at some things and thinking about my time when I was at North Central and when I was here as a student. Just trying to put some pieces together. and, and I know when I was in high school and before I came here. Uh, my, my passion and my relationship with God wasn't incredibly strong. Um, I know there are students here that you came maybe from the same background. You had a great family maybe, or maybe you didn't have a great family. But when you walked into North Central, it didn't mean that you were serving the Lord with everything you had. And that was me. And, uh, and I think the reason why I was kind of at that spot is I was trying to live for God, with only a part of my life. And when I was in high school and, and uh, I went away to evangel for a year, then came back here um, and finished up. But even when I was here, man, things it was this thing. I was trying to trying to go through all the motions of it, but it wasn't really inside of me. And it wasn't something I was really pursuing with everything I had. And, and I'm guessing that some of you in this room are maybe at the same spot, um, maybe as I was back in the day. And uh, you know, I think anything you do halfway isn't fun. And the reason I think I struggled through my walk with God is because I was just putting just a piece of that a piece of my life into God, and i wasn 't giving him everything and when it changed for me and when it began to get exciting for me was when I stepped in with everything I had and that 's when it radically transformed my life and and Today, I just want to take a few moments and and i 'm sure you 've heard the story if you 've been around chapel at all or or you 've been around church at all or maybe you haven 't maybe you've, you know you've you 've never heard the story i don 't know but it's genesis chapter thirty two twenty two through thirty two i 'm not going to read it all but I just think there's an incredible, it's just, it's just an incredible story of, of some things that took place. I'll just read parts of it here. And Jacob was left alone, and it was night. And the angel of the Lord wrestled with him. They wrestled until daybreak, and Jacob saw that he had still not prevailed. The angel put the hollow of Jacob's thigh out of joint as he wrestled with him. And the angel said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go except you bless me. Then the angel said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and with man and have prevailed. So Jacob named the place, and this is where I sometimes get in trouble when I read some of these words. I'm going to say Peniel, because I want to say it the other way. But uh, but, for he said, I have seen God face to face. Then the sun rose upon him, and he was walking with a limp. And I just want to start off, and the first part says, and Jacob was left alone. Right there, a bunch of you are counted out. Because you're left alone. And, and and when you when you look at that and you and you kind of walk through that, um, people can't remove loneliness. But it was kind of interesting Is Jacob uh, had taken his family and his servants and he'd sent them across the stream, and, and now he's standing there by himself. And some of you, you know what you need to do is you need to, because you have, for your whole life, you've had to have a guy on your arm. Or you had to have friends surrounding you, or you had to be in a in a specific group or, or, or around specific people or have or have the the specific stuff that you were, whatever, you had to fit in. And for some of us, just being alone is it, it will cause you to when when he said, you know, Jacob was left alone, some of you that just that piece alone could, could cause you to lose out on your whole walk with God because you can't handle being alone. And for some of you, if, you were to, if, if God were to say, I just want you to have a season of aloneness, it would mess you up. It would wreck you because you are so dependent on other people and maybe other things or other circumstances. I, just, I, I love that, just that thought there that, you know, uh, you know um, that as he was alone. And here, here, here's what I love about the thought is that Jacob put, took, took time to take his family, send them across the stream, and he stayed there by himself. Some of you this morning, you know what you need to do? is you need to take some of those things that you've been relying on and have been speaking into your life and, have been, and you have had so much weight in what they had to say or what, what, what you are about, you need to push them across the other side and have a few moments where you can just get alone with God. He had to make a choice. He chose to send them on their way. He chose to say, hey, you go over there, I'm going to stay here for a little while. And some of us in this room, that would be the best decision that we could ever make because we are so controlled by everybody and everything around us and we have to have all this stuff and we have to have all these things instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to push this stuff away, I'm going to just spend some time with God because I've got to figure this piece out or God, you are the most important thing in my life. Not all the relationships. What you have to say matters way more than what anybody else has to say. What you have to say what matters matters more than what my friend might say about my situation, my struggle, my battle. What you have to say matters more than my parents have to say, more than a faculty member have to say, more than President Hagen has to say. What you have to say matters over everything else in my life. And some of us never get to that spot because we're so consumed with other people. And so, you, just, you know, you just kind of, some of us in this room... You need to give up a little bit in the present so you can create what you're going to get in the future, what you need in the future. And a little bit of that is to maybe release some of those things so you can get to where God really wants to take you today and for the future. And so this morning as we continue on, you know, I look at that story and I think, for me, this was it for me. Is You look at Jacob's dad, Isaac. Um, he knew all too well what, alone, what loneliness was as he walked up on the mountain with Abraham, his father, and found himself alone, tied to an altar, about to be sacrificed. He understood what that was, but now Jacob is standing at this same spot, and you know, I wonder how many of us in this room, and for many years, here was my problem, is I lived off of my dad and my mom's relationship with God instead of my own. And I hadn't had any moments where I had connected with God. And if you don't know who I am, my dad was a district superintendent of Minnesota for 28 years. I grew up in a pastor's home. He pastored a church that I was in. When I was at sophomore high school, he took the district position as the head of Minnesota. And you know what? I, I lived off of my mom and my dad for years and their relationship. And it, the problem was it never became mine. I wonder how many of us in this room we have never had a, an encounter with God where it's really become ours, and instead it's somebody else's, our friends, our parents, um, someone else in our life that that has made a difference, or, or it's, it's really so. Some of us want to build our relationship with God on someone else's story, but we need to press in. I think loneliness becomes our friend when it forces us into the presence of God. Second part of that verse, it says, and it was night. And I think night are the dark times in our walk with Christ when we experience an absence of spiritual feeling. Because it's really easy to come to chapel and get excited. I tell you, I could sit in this worship service all day long. I could sit in this spot all day long. But I remember coming to North Central when I was here, and I'd have many times where I would walk in a chapel and there was no feeling. I would go through seasons where there was no spiritual depth to me at all where there was no moments where I was pursuing God. And I, and I love the moments where there was feeling, but there was a lot of times when there wasn't. And it was in those moments where there wasn't, that's what determined who I was going to be. And so maybe this morning, you even walked into the chapel, and, and, and you're in the worship service, you're in the messages, and you hear the greatest communicators across, from across the nation that come and, and challenge you with message after message after message, and you still can sit here and maybe feel like you're not even feeling the presence of God. Not even, not even sensing his presence at times, but those are the times where, because this generation I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I'm scared of a little bit because sometimes we are so based on feeling rather than just by a choice of who we're going to be. I, it's been every generation, I think. But we base this thing on feeling so often, and, and the generation is so motivated. A genuine Christian life is not one of feeling, but rather one of choices, Watchman Nee said. Nothing in life will, be, will, complete, will work completely based on feeling. And the next part there says, an angel of the Lord wrestled with him. Someone said this one time, and I, I haven't done all the research, so I don't know, but in Hebrew language it becomes clear that it was the angel of the Lord who started the wrestling match, not Jacob. I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit has tried to wrestle you and you just told, chose not to wrestle him back? I wonder how many times you've sat even in chapel where the speaker has gotten up here and challenged you with a message and you know God has been speaking to you and you know God's been tugging on your heart and you had just decided to not respond. You know what it is? It's kind of like one of those moments where the angel is trying to, trying to pick a fight and trying to wrestle. Say, let's Come on, let's deal with some of this stuff that's going on. And we so many times we just push back. If the angel tried to wrestle, chose to wrestle and pick the fight with Jacob, you don't know the Holy Spirit how many times he's tried to do the same thing. Why? Because he wants an encounter with you like you've never had before. And I was was reading this this morning and this this part just jumped out at me this morning. Like I wonder how many times in my life the Holy Spirit has tried to wrestle with me and I just have sat back knowing he's speaking to me and challenging me but just pushed him away. I'll just say this. If the Holy Spirit isn't challenging you, often there's something wrong with you. Maybe it's because your heart has become so calloused that you've just pushed him away for so long and he just has realized maybe you don't even want to to hear what I have to say. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes I think God, even this morning, God's sitting here, he's just going, man, I want to wrestle with you. I want to challenge you on some character issues. I want to work on some areas in your life that I want to bring about some things inside of you that can bring about some things, some character things or some change in you that will transform your life. Um, if not even now, but even down the road as you go. See, God never uses, A.W. Tozer said, God never uses anyone he can easily get rid of. You'll often have to do some things that you don't like to get to the spot where you find something that you really love. And some of those moments, some of those things are hard, and don't... um, Don't sacrifice what God wants to do in your future because you're not willing to pay the price here in the present. See, some of you, I really believe, in this room are people that are going to change the world. I believe that in this room that there are people that are going to go into schools and be teachers that are going to radically transform a kid's life. I believe there are people in this room that are going to be businessmen and women. They're going to go into the business front, maybe invent something new or a new product or do something with their business that's going to radically transform the world, maybe through some of the resources that they have. I believe there's ministers in, that are going to be in this room, pastors, missionaries, youth pastors, kids pastors. They're in this room and they're going to transform and God wants to use you to transform the world. But if you're not willing to pay the price now, you may miss out on what he wants to do later. That's why it's so important we let God break. And, and, and you know, some of us in this room, you know what? I really think we would rather have God, we would rather have you know, just, the, just the feeling that want, God wants to give us. We'd rather live off a of feeling than off of God. But God doesn't care about giving you a feeling. He cares about changing your character. He doesn't care about the feeling. What his main purpose is, is he wants to change your character. He wants to change who you are. So that when you get into the spot where you're dealing with that kid that nobody else can deal with, he's changed your character enough so you can handle it. So when you go into that business meeting and they're looking for a leader who can stand up, that your character is so above everybody else that they look to you because they know that you maybe have the answer because it's what God has done on the way in. When you go and, and, and preach a message at a, a church somewhere that they know you've heard from God because your character is, like is, and there's so many people that have so many amazing, there's so many people in this room, you are so talented, but if your character doesn't match up with your talent, you're going to fail. It's so important as we as we walk through this, and and uh, don't live by feeling. What does it profit a man if he gains a whole world but forfeits his very soul? They wrestled until daybreak, and Jacob saw that he still had not prevailed. Some of you are incredible. You were incredible at the beginning of the semester, but as we get man a lot of the way in here, you've really struggled. There's a lot of people that you ever watched. You ever guys ever watch boxing or MMA or any of that kind of stuff? You guys ever do that? Some of the guys and girls are like, no. (laughs) Some girls do. They love it. Some some guys are like, I never watch this. I don't know who you are, but you ever think about that? Some people are really good at the beginning of the fight and are terrible at the end. I wonder how many you know. How, there are so many Christians that are so good at the beginning, and finish so terrible. You finish so incredibly awful, and so I want to. I want to. There's something about endurance. Jacob continued to fight. He continued to wrestle when he was tired, when he was struggled, when he, when it was hard, when it when it was you know he when when it was wasn't easy. He kept going, and and you, you guys, you know what? The fruit of the spirit is not a gift. But it comes through endurance. The fruit of the Spirit that we are trying to get, anybody know what the fruit of the Spirit is? You guys know some of them? Love, joy, peace, right? I mean, those are the fruit, right? Am I missing them? Those are them, right? I can keep going. But those don't, they're not a gift that comes from God. They come through you battling and fighting and wrestling and saying, okay, God, keep chipping away at my character to get me to where I can love somebody. Keep chipping away at my character so can I can have this. Trees don't just grow on fruit overnight. They grow over time. And that's what God is trying to do. At North Central during this time, he is trying to get you to the spot where you can grow into the into an amazing young man, young woman, where you can literally change the world because you've developed the character and you'll let God chip away the stuff that maybe you didn't want to have there or he didn't want to have there. And a lot of times we probably wanted to have there. See, people will remember how you finish, not how you start. And so, one, I think one of the areas that sometimes the the enemy will wrestle with you, at, even at college here, and probably one of the biggest things that he'll come, kind of come after you is that with your friendships. The enemy wants you to get messed up in the wrong crowd. And some of you who've been here before, you've seen when you went home for the summer what that looked like. And so one of the one of the things the enemy really comes after, and one of the things God, I think, really comes after too, is the people that you hang out with and the people that you allow in your world. You know, I came to school here, and I'll be honest, there was a bunch of my buddies that would, would go out every night, and they would do everything against the policies of North Central. And it was so easy, it would have been so easy for me to just... Decide. You know what? There's, the school sometimes is so legalistic, or there's so of this or so that at the time. There were. It was so. It was when I was here. If you wore sandals just to chapel, you got fined. It was. I mean, it was. It was amazing. It was amazing. I'll just say, my first year here, I had a thousand dollars in fines. If you can't <laughs> tell, well, that's why they never thought I would be on the stage here. And I did pay them. And so, uh, I don't know why I shared that. It has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) But he got, Jacob got to the point. says, I will not let you go, except you bless me. Then the angel said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and man and have prevailed. And I kind of jumped a little ahead of myself earlier, but a name change in the Old Testament represented a character change. Jacob meant deceiver, but Israel means prevailer. And I said this earlier, a bunch of you just want God to make you feel good, but he wants to change your character. Let me ask you this. How would people in this room that you're closest to describe you? Would they describe you as lazy? Would they describe you as angry, moody, persistent, compassionate? How do, you, how do people describe you in this room? What would people want? But here's the thing, and I just want to say this, just, just real quick this morning. Reputation is what others think of you. Character is what you and God have to say about who you are. And I'd rather have me and God understand who I am than what everybody else would say. And so many of us in this room, we've learned, and I've said it before, and this is why I come back to this. So many of us in this room have been taught over and over and over, or told over and over, that we're not good enough, we can't make it, that we're not smart enough, that we can't do school, or whatever it is you've been told your whole life, and it's not, or, or whatever, your character's never going to match up, or you're the, the background you came out of, you're never going to make it, or whatever. And guys, here's the deal. The thing that we need to get is this. I don't really care what everybody else says, but I need to live my life up of what God says I am. I think that's a lot of times the biggest struggle in the church is the biggest thing is we don't go after the big dreams that God will put in front of us because we don't think we can do it because we're so worried about what other people have said instead of what God has said. And if we would become a, a, a group of young people that just listen to the voice of God and then live it and believe what he says about who we are, we would radically transform, man, the world around us. It would be crazy. i only got a few more minutes, so I just got to just run through this. But So Jacob... Name the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face. Then the sun rose and he was walking with a limp. You know, to be captured by God, I need to wrestle with him until I spiritually walk with a limp. Until I'm marked by God. If you're marked, I'm just going to say this. If you've been marked by God, you can't live like everybody else lives. If you're marked by God, you can't, why? Because he'll touch some things in your character that maybe he hasn't spoke to someone else. And he's going to call you to some standards that maybe he isn't going to call somebody else to. But when you've been marked by God, and you've let God challenge you and change you, all of a sudden, you get to the spot where, man, it is something that you say, I've got to do this. I have to live this way, because me and God met on this, and he spoke to me. And he challenged me, and he, cha- and he changed my, the way I think. And, and he, I'll just say this, you'll never change the world as long as you're like it. There's so much. I, I, this could be a whole message. Right here. Because you know what? This generation, we have so many things that are against the word of God that we buy into. Whew. We do. We have so many things that because of some, the way someone else feels, because they think it, you know, I mean, I, I don't even want to go down the road because I, could, I, I won't stop. But there's so many things that as we look at culture today and as we look at the way this world's going, that we'll say I'd rather buy into what the, the media says or what someone else says rather than to live out what God tells us in his word or what God speaks to me at an altar about. And here's the deal, you guys. You will, we'll not change this world if we live exactly like them. We won't. And God has called us to be a light. God has called us to make a difference. God has called us to change the world. And if we continue to just try to do what they do and act like they act and be like they are, we'll never change the world that we're in. And He's calling you to come to, to come out to be separate to be different. He's saying, "Listen, I want to speak something this morning to you that will radically transform your life. I want you. I want to have an encounter with with you this morning where I'm going to speak to you about some issues or some things that are in your life in your heart." So this morning as we wrap up I don't know maybe this morning God was speaking to you maybe the Holy Spirit was just tapping on, on your shoulder or tugging on your heart for just a moment and something I said maybe had nothing to do with anything I said but maybe you just thought man I really am bound by what other people say what other people do I'm really, I am do I remember last time that the Holy Spirit convicted me on something I heard somebody say this one time If you haven't heard the voice of God in a long time, go back to where he last spoke to you and then do what he told you to do. Because he probably just realized there's no reason moving forward unless you'll do what I told you to do last time. Wow. I don't know, maybe months ago or years ago someone, God spoke to you and you just pushed it aside. And maybe today God's reminding you of what he spoke to you years ago. Maybe it's something new this morning. But I do know this, that God wants to speak to you, that God wants to challenge you, that God wants to develop your character so that when you walk out of this place, you are ready to do. I tell you what, if I wouldn't have, if if I would have been the person that I was when I was here, when when I wet, wet. yes, when I wet my wife, yes, when I met my wife, there's no way she would even look my direction. But I had to work on some character things so I could be ready for when I met her that she would even think that I'd be an option. I'm so glad I did. So every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to even ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. And we're going to open the altars if you want to come and find a spot to just maybe wrestle with God for a minute. Because maybe today you know God's tugging at your heart. God, we ask you that this morning, as we move closer to the afternoon, God, we want to be people that have an encounter with you. And I know this morning, God, even as we sit here, that God, that you're speaking to our hearts, you're challenging us, you're talking to us, and because sometimes as we look at our life, we look at, man, I don't like some of these characteristics that I have. I don't like the anger issues that I've got. I don't like the, man, the the man, my thought life is man way out of whack from where it's supposed to be. My God, the way I treat other people. God, whatever it might be, God, you're looking, God, you're speaking to our hearts and you're challenging us on, on, on the way we love or the way we reach out or the way we invest or the way we study or, the way, or or who we are when it comes to some of these other things. And God, I just pray this morning, God, that you just speak to us. God, that you'd challenge us, that you'd do something. God, just real in us that this morning we'd have an encounter where we walk away and we're different because of what you've done in our lives. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. If you want to come, just find a spot to connect with God. Altars are open. I know some of you got to cruise to class and do some other things. But I just want, altars are open. If you want, to, just find a spot to just connect with him. And I'll just pray with you.